0: All of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. I love how the New Living Translation says that all of these did not receive all that was promised, and yet all of them are described as living by faith. Let me pray as we begin this morning. Lord, teach us what it means to live by faith as these saints of old, that we may understand how to live in a way that pleases You. Speak now, Lord, through Your Word in a convicting and compelling way that changes our tomorrow. It's in Your name that we pray. Amen. We stand today as part of something bigger, grander, larger than we can ever imagine. See, in 1846, settlers in this area of Peter's Colony began to form together a community and decided we need a church. And so in 1846, May the 10th, Union Baptist Church formed. And it would meet together regularly. And they were meeting until this group decided to move up to Carrollton. And yet they left some Baptists here in Farmer's Branch. They can't move a farm up there. So uh, we're going to stay here, guys. And so in 1870, before they got into this building, in 1870, a church started meeting. First Baptist, I mean, Farmers Branch Missionary Church. They would meet in the schoolhouse. In 1893, they bought a plot of land. One acre cost $71.50. We'll see if we can get that deal again someday. Uh, They bought a plot of land, and then they built this sanctuary in 1894, where they would worship. Unfortunately, we don't have many records from 1870 to 1906, because a fire destroyed most of the records. But we do pick up in 1906 and in 1907, we see church minutes, which are riveting to read. Um, But we have some church minutes that I was looking over, and there was a day in 1907, where they decided we need to make some resolutions towards this renewed vision for our church. They had been meeting for about 35 years, and now we need to return back. And it says this. Here are these four resolutions. One, the time has come for this church to resume the work of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we declare our purpose to do it. Number two, we are going to be partnered with the Baptist General Convention of Texas, the BGCT. Number three, if any member of this church cannot work in fellowship and in harmony with this new purpose, if you don't want to be here, they didn't say it meanly, we will, we will allow and grant your dismissal. They're saying, we are declaring this is where we're going. If you need out, we understand. We will grant that. And number four, we are covenanting together to pray and to work faithfully for the prosperity of our Savior's kingdom in our community and we will watch over each other for their good. This church would continue to grow from that purpose statement in 1907. It would grow so much that we needed a new sanctuary. And in 1931, you see this new sanctuary is built. It had a, uh, education facilities in the basement there where they would uh, meet for Sunday school and they would do worship on the second floor there. And this church continued to grow that in the early 1940s, they said, we need to start taking once a month an offering for a building plan because we need to add some educational facilities. And so they built an educational facility, a wing, onto this building. And they took out a loan of $6,000, which they paid back early so they could complete that building. They continued to grow as the city grew, the church grew, and and people were coming and being a part of this body of believers. And in the 1950s, they changed their name from First, I mean, from Farmer's Branch Missionary Baptist Church to First Baptist Church of Farmer's Branch. That church continues to grow, and they make a, a decision that we need a bigger auditorium sanctuary. And so in 1956, the building that sits right there opened what we now call a gym, was the place for worship. And that church not only built that building in 1956 for a whopping cost of $85,000, they also built an education building that we see back there in two phases in 1960 and 1963. And then, and some of you were a part of this, when this building was built. In 1986, this sanctuary... Was, was led to be built by the generosity and hard work of faithful members here in this community. So today, we sit in the heart of the revitalization of our city. We sit in, uh, in the fruit of faithfulness and faith of many, many generations before us. We sit now with zero debt, in a prime location, and in a building that is ready to be used for the sake of our community. As I flipped through the history books, one of the things I came across was in 1956, as they were um, ready to go and to build this, uh, that gym right there, their sanctuary. They had a pamphlet that they distributed. And I love the slogan. I think I have it on the screen It's blue, Ian, just in case I may have forgotten it. Do you read what they say? Here is their tagline. We are building for eternity. These were men and women, families and singles, who understood that God wants to use us today, that He wants to use us tomorrow, and He wants to use us beyond the days that we will ever see. They were building for something that would last longer than their life. And I got to break my arm in what they built. (laughs) It is still to this day serving kids, families, and a church well. This church has quite a legacy. Over the last week and a half, I've been reading through a lot of our history books, and I met G.W. Good, who served as the first pastor here. I met Geneva Breedlove, who taught Sunday school for 55-plus years. I met uh, Ima Philpott, who uh, was a member of this congregation for 70-plus years. And before she says it, Billy Roberts, we know you've been a member of this church for 70-plus years as well. And so we have a legacy here. We have sent 10 to 12, I think, at last count, Ministers for the gospel from this congregation to go and to serve in other churches. This, we have tenured saints here that as I look around this room, I know have given blood, sweat, and tears that have given hours upon hours that have given dollars upon dollars to serve this church. We have a long history and a godly legacy. But we have a few people maybe around the city too, that think that all of our legacy is in the past. I was reading this week, uh, Sam Underwood, my predecessor, wrote, uh, preceding the 130th anniversary celebration of this church, Sam Underwood wrote to the Baptist Standard, and he said this, describing how he felt as we go into that day. He said this, I look forward to this day because I am a proud member of this congregation When I first came here, I had people both inside and outside the church tell me that our best days were behind us. That the most this congregation had going for it was its history. Sam Underwood, 23 years ago, those people were wrong, he said. This is a wonderful congregation that is growing in the ways that are important to the kingdom of God. We have a marvelous heritage in history, but we have a better future. And so church, today, let's talk about legacy. Let, let's talk about the legacy that we are called to live. We have seen that in the scriptures, haven't we? By faith, Enoch, by faith, Abel, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, Rahab. We have watched as people were confronted with impossible situations and yet the, the marker on their life is that they lived with Faith and in faith that their God could do things that nothing else made sense about. But their God was able. See, legacies aren't chosen. We don't get to sit up in that hospital bed and go, well, you know what I want to be known about? Is I want to be known for this. No, legacies are lived. Legacies are your character over your lifetime on display. And so I am wondering now, when we see the legacy of faith for all of these biblical figures, my question to you is this. What is the legacy you're leaving behind? What is your legacy? Maybe the better question should be this. What are you doing right now to cement the legacy you desire to leave? What are you doing right now to cement the legacy that you desire to leave? I-, I want my family to know that I that I loved God and I lived for him and that I was generous. Well, what are we doing right now to love God, to live for him, and to be generous? Well, we don't just get to choose our legacy. No. Our legacy is chosen for us by the way that we live. If we're not intentional, it doesn't happen. Think about this. If a child never sees his father love his mother, will he love his wife? If a, if a daughter never sees their parents live out their faith and talk about God any time beyond a Sunday... Why would they ever want to choose this faith or continue on it once they graduate and move out of the house? If we never teach generosity, if we never teach tithing, if we never teach loving our neighbor, if we never teach being kind, why will they ever, or how will they ever learn it? If we want to leave a legacy, we have to be intentional. And so church, I think we need to return back to those visions of yesteryear. To that purpose statement of 1907, we declare the time has come for this church to resume the work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we declare our purpose to do it. That's what we need to be known about right now, just like back then. We need to be thinking, as that group did in the 1950s, that we are not building for today, we are building for eternity a day that we may never see the full fruit come to fruition here on this property, but we believe that God is doing bigger and better things than we can ever think or imagine. The legacy of First Baptist Farmers Branch must not simply be we were here for a long time and we took good records. No. The legacy needs to be that we were making dents in eternity that we were conduits of grace and instruments of salvation here in this community, and that we are not just affecting this community, but we are changing who we see in heaven. This is what we need to be about. This ought to be our legacy. My favorite picture that I stumbled across this week is of a group of people. It's hard to see, but one day you can flip through the book. It's a group of people in the water. I don't know if you can see it back there, Ian. It's really difficult to see. If you're in the back, I'd just turn around and look at that screen. It may be easier, but what you have here is a horde of people gathered along the banks of the Trinity River as they look in and they see all of these people being baptized, committing their lives to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. These are the greatest pictures of our legacy. Because these are the ones that change eternity. And so church, this is what we are going to celebrate. So what do we want our legacy to be? You have an individual legacy, but we also have a cumulative, a congregational legacy here. Are we simply content to be one of the oldest congregations in the Metroplex? Are we content to, to just be, have a legacy of we have a thousand people on our church roll? Uh, would we really be easily satisfied if our budget just doubled and our attendance grew to 200? Those things are great. Awesome. But the thing that I desire for our legacy to be is that we are about the things of God, not the things of man that we are about doing what God has called us to do, where He has called us to do it, and to love as He calls us to love. I was reading this week in a different uh, history of a different church, and in the back on the biography, it it mentioned that um, one of the people, they received for 12 years a perfect attendance pinned to Sunday school. Some of you maybe have seen those perfect attendance pens way back in the day. Maybe a few of you were lucky enough to get one. And I got to thinking, this person had four sentences to describe their life. And one of it was, I was at Sunday school every single day for 12 straight years. There's nothing wrong with that, that's good. But when I got to thinking of all the different ways that God had potentially worked in, through, and around that individual. And I go, you chose as the defining thing what you did, not what God did. See, it's easy for us to create our own kingdoms to to celebrate the things that we can accomplish and we can do. But may we be a church that is more focused on what only God can do rather than what we can accomplish. See, our legacy isn't tied up to, well, we could build this, and we could build that, and we could have this many people know. God worked and changed lives and hearts and families and communities and neighborhoods. I got to thinking this week about what pleases God, and it's actually in Hebrews chapter 11 as well. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. We're talking about God there. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So may we not put our focus, our intentional drive and aim towards anything else but being people of faith. First and only. So what is the legacy that I hope we are establishing at this church? That we are a church who lives by faith in the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God of the universe who has called us here. May our legacy be that we are focused on His kingdom, not our own kingdom's. May our legacy be that we were a part of seeing eternities changed, not just budgets and buildings change. A question that I struggled to answer this week was simply this. Would our city miss us if we dissolved today? Would Farmers Branch miss us if we just closed the doors and said we're done, would they even notice? We are working every day to be lights in this community for the sake of our God. And we want to be so intertwined with our neighbors and our city That if we disappeared, they go, man, we need somebody to step up because First Baptist Farmers Branch was doing so much good in so many ways. That can only be accomplished, though, church, if we trust for God to do things bigger than we can ask or think. We can't plan that. We can't devise it. We can't create it. But by faith, we can experience it. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. So we worked our way all the way through this chapter. It's chaos. Go back and read it. It's a fantastic chapter. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. Would God commend our church for its faith? Or would we go to God and say, but look at our history. Look at our records. Look at all these cool pictures. Look at all the time we've been here. He's saying, I've given you 150 years. You're going to start trusting me? We've done some awesome things in faith. But we've also got comfortable as well. We need to be people That are devoted to the Word of God, to the praise of God, to the trust of God, because He is the one who can do bigger and beyond what we can imagine. We may not see the full fruit of all that God wants to do come to fruition, but our eyes are not focused on what we can see. No, our eyes have faith, believing what God can do, believing in what is not seen. So church, we have a legacy As Sam Underwood said, most people think the greatest part of our legacy is already behind us. And I completely disagree. And so did Sam. And I hope you do too. We have a legacy, but we also have an opportunity. If we will live in faith. An opportunity that I caught the vision of a year ago. An opportunity to see that this church is somehow planted right in the heart of so much activity and opportunity, and we need to understand that God is not finished with us. We have an opportunity that this church and its congregation voted for a year ago, saying, we are not going to die, we're going to come back to life. We have an opportunity, church, to be a vibrant part of our community, pushing back the darkness and bringing in light, Our legacy is not over. The book isn't finished on First Baptist Farmer's branch if we choose to live by faith. If we choose to live like Abraham and Noah and Sarah and Enoch and Moses, if we choose to consider that better country, as it says, to hope against hope, as Paul will say, See, our legacy has a future. And I hope that you'll be a part of that future. I don't know how many years God is going to have you on this earth. I don't know how many years God is going to have you in this community. But my plea is that for the time that you have, will you help us build out this legacy that is focused on eternity, not on our lifetime. Will you help us to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, will you pray alongside us? Will you give alongside us? Will you work and serve and love alongside us so that we can make dents in eternity? I came across the craziest story this week as I was reading through a lot of history. See, in 1931, uh, some of you may have even seen that building before. In 1931, there was a sanctuary that was built because this congregation was growing. And, And in that day, you know, you didn't just hire a contractor who then just came in with all of his subs and they just build it up and it'll be done in six to 18 months, if you're lucky. No, the church used their skills, their gifts, and their abilities to work on that building. One of the church members at that time was a skilled carpenter named Tom Moore. And Tom Moore was doing a lot of work at the church, and it was at the framing stage of the church, and Tom was up on the roof of the second floor when they're not sure if he either had a heart attack or just lost his balance, and Tom Moore that day, February 25th, 1931, fell to his death. I don't know how the church walked through that moment. But Tom Moore's death still lives on, and here's why. I told you Tom Moore was a skilled carpenter, right? Well, today I am using this pulpit that has a plaque on it right here. The plaque reads, This pulpit was built for the 1931 sanctuary under the guidance of member Tom Moore. Legend has it that actually Tom Moore constructed this, but we could not confirm, so that's why we just said under the guidance of. But here's what I want you to see. Tom Moore created something or guided to the creation of something that has propped up the Word of God to be shared to the people of God day in and day out, year after year after year. And what Tom Moore created using his skills, his abilities, his God-given talents has stood the test of time and created an opportunity for the people to hear the Word of God and for eternities to be changed. Tom Moore's legacy isn't that he fell and died in February 25th of 1931. Tom Moore's legacy is that he created something way beyond his lifetime that was built for eternity. My question now that I am trying to answer personally and I offer to you is what lasting impact are you making on the church of Christ? What lasting impact in this world are you making? All of us get sucked into building and buying the things that we desire so that we can taste something good tonight or live, sleep in a comfortable bed or have a nice neighborhood. We have all of these things that are built for our comfort, but what are we doing for the sake of forever? What are we doing to make a lasting impact? I'm a young pastor in a church that has an age five times my age but you know what I'm hoping and trying to create here? Something that lasts way beyond my lifetime. That it echoes into eternity. That the legacy of this church not only changes the lives of our neighbors, but it changes the life of this city by faith. Abel offered an acceptable sacrifice. By faith, Enoch pleased God. By faith, Noah constructed an ark. By faith, Abraham went to a land that I will show you. By faith, Sarah bore a son well past the age of son bearing. By faith, Moses led the people from Egypt. By faith, Israel crossed the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish. By faith, kingdoms were conquered, justice was enforced, promises obtained, lions' mouth shut, fire quenched, the sword escaped, the weak made strong. Church, God operates when we step out in faith. without faith it is impossible or without faith it is impossible to please god i wonder though if the inverse of that is true as well that with faith it is impossible to displease god that's not scripture i'm not claiming it to be but with faith if we will live every single day going i trust you i'm following you I will do what you call me to do. Can we mess it up? I guess we'll find out. Because that's the journey I'm trying to take with us. By faith, these men and women did not all get to see the answer to their promises, but their focus was on something greater, bigger, grander, more lasting. They were building for eternity. May the same be said of us. Let me pray. Dear Lord, we come this morning to celebrate how you have worked in, through, and around this church in ways that we don't even have enough space to detail and to record. Lord, You have worked from this settlement even becoming a place where people lived, and You have nurtured Your people in faith for 150-plus years. But Lord, may we not rest. May we not grow weary. May we not get distracted. But Lord, may we be people who every day, even with the comforts of air conditioning and refrigerators and cars, may we still be people who live each day in faith, trusting You to do what only You can do. And so, Lord, grant us the faith more and more each day to live in a way that pleases You. May we make a lasting impact For the kingdom of God, more than any other kingdom we try to build. Lord, be with this church. Carry us as you desire, to the places you desire, to the people you desire, so that your name may be made known and that people will follow you. Lord, give us the courage and the boldness every day to live in faith. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. We're going to move into a time of worship. And I don't know how anybody wants to respond today, but however you desire. Listen, the I, I didn't, I guess, say completely clearly. What is our faith in? Our faith is in the one that died and rose again. Our faith is in the one that was sent to save us because we cannot save ourselves. And so we place our faith in a great God who sent His only begotten Son, who died for us, and now whose Spirit dwells within those who believe, who now try to live each day in response to the love of God that is so great. And so if you're going, I don't even know what to have faith in, I would love to have that conversation with you. If you're going, I just need to to pray because I have lived in the comforts of this life for too long I need to take a step of faith if you go Jordan I've been around here for a while or I've been considering this I want to take this journey with you guys we would love for you to join with us because we are a church we don't have it all clearly laid out we don't know exactly what God's going to do but we know what we're going to do trust Him every step along the way